welcome to Digital Transformation with Jack Marr and Jay Mata. Digital transformation is about so much more than technology. It's about refocusing on people and value. It's about leveraging technology to build more meaningful relationships and enabling and empowering our associates, building engagement and giving them the tools and opportunity to do what they do best and even do it better. It's about culture, relationships, and tools that can unlock customer obsession in an organization. It drives innovation and responsiveness that propels your organization and delights your stakeholders, creating and building relationships founded on value, creation, and delivery. This episode, I think, is going to be really interesting for both of us, given my past and your present uh, and our focus on sales. That was a big part of the first half of my career. And and always feels like going home for me. And certainly you as a sales professional, I'm sure, will have a lot of opinions and are looking forward to this conversation with Nick. Yeah, definitely. You know, he's got 20 years of sales and marketing and leadership experience. You know, he's worked with some of the largest organizations in the world directly as a consultant, focusing on, which is pretty cool, technology and cybersecurity. So it's going to be really interesting to hear, you know, where this goes today. Absolutely. Welcome to Digital Transformation with Jack Marr and Jay Mata. Today, we're happy to have Nicholas Zebico joining us to talk about digital transformation. I think the most important thing is is you're talking about a topic that is extremely important. And again, as we've spoken, whether I'm working with some of the large organizations or even going to be speaking at this event with a gentleman from SAP, I think the digital transformation is there's a gap there. There's a big gap in the sense of, of, I think, how it aligns. I think people look at the tools that they're buying or let me go buy a great new shiny object to accomplish something. And my view is, and I speak on this, is expectation alignment and the problems that come with that. And then also, you know, it's just not the technology, right? The people in the process, whether it's the people selling it and the process and the way that they're selling it, but also focusing on the people and the process on the side acquiring the tech and, and how there really needs to be a mutual balance that goes between both those sides. There's just this massive issue and everybody thinks I can go buy the newest toy and I'm going to finish my digital transformation. And that's not the way it works. Like there's just this big misconception. Hey, go spend all this money and everything's going to work. I have so many customers and companies and, and whether we're leading sales teams and selling into it or we're trying to build out sales teams that are doing it where the customer can't clearly define their destination. They, they talk about stuff and a lot of jokes. I say, great, you just told me you want to go west, but I, I, I want to know more. I want to understand that. And because digital transformation solutions are so complex, they have an issue that really ties into the fact that they don't buy this stuff every day, so they don't have a good process in place to acquire this stuff. And that's really what my, my belief is that the salespeople and the sales organizations um, are responsible and they need to get better at doing it. And then internally, uh, people need to start understanding how to conceptualize what it actually is that they're looking to accomplish and stop mistaking pain points and outcomes for symptoms of what you'd like to do because is that's that, where you misalign expectations. Now, is that what you do? Is do you, do you help relay this information from the digital transformation perspective to the salespeople? Yeah, so I look at digital transformation as the act of putting in a, a high 
highly complex solution, whether or you're talking CRMs, or you're talking SIMs, or you're talking any of those type of things, they're trying to put their solution in place for a company to evolve and get beyond where they're currently at, right? So, so from a high level, I, I view that, and that's going to help that company accomplish their goals better. So um, I do quite a bit of consulting as it relates for cybersecurity companies, um, high-end technology sales organizations, or software organizations. I've also been brought in to help build some of these sales organizations around um, where they're trying to go and what they're trying to accomplish. So I've been in in charge of installing some of these outcomes, whether they've been some sales tools, um, whether they've been some, again, some digital type tools as far as it relates to sales organizations and operationalizing. We had one company that was going SaaS and they've never been SaaS. They sold physical hardware and they wanted to talk about that transformation. And that was a project that I led to helping organizations figure out how to sell these new technologies into uh, companies, whether they're current customers or new customers, that they're trying to come in with SaaS-based solutions or new offerings that can really help redefine um, what it is that they're trying to accomplish. So, yeah, that, that goes on quite a bit. That's, that's what I spend a lot of my time doing. What's your biggest challenge when we're working with the sales force? Because if you're on the if you're on the operational side of it, so I I, think I got to laugh right. <laughs> and uh, so what 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 do you feel is is it, is it making sure that they can disseminate that information to the client? Um, where where do you where where's the biggest challenge from you taking the knowledge that you know that can take the company to another level and getting it to the sales team? Where do you see that fits? Yeah, so the biggest operational issue when you're talking about operationalizing mm-hmm. a offering out to somebody else is many cases, companies have a tool that they can sell. And so what do they do? They try to sell a tool. And that causes this huge issue and a huge conflict because I have a tool, I have an offering. Let me tell you how my offering can help you. And they skip this massive step at the beginning, which is, do you even understand what your problem is and what you're trying to necessarily solve? Which is a difficult <laughs> thing to have a conversation with somebody extremely high up. And, and you know what comes out? Well, fix my problem. And I use a story. I was just sitting with this massive retailer, and we were talking to them about what they were looking to accomplish by, by improving some of the logistical stuff that they were working on. And literally, the final, I mean, the executive vice president didn't talk for the first uh, 45 minutes. His, his people are all talking. He says, we need to reduce our costs by 20%. And jokingly, I said back to him, I said, great, everything will be delivered two weeks late and it'll be broken. And the comment was, no, 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 it can't be that. I said, okay, so cost is part of the structure, but it is not the only thing you're looking for. Dive a little deeper and explain to me what success looks like. And in their case, we talked about an 18-month project. What success in your supply chain is going to look like at the end of 2020? And it was amazing because that opened up and really started the conversation, the difference between pain and symptoms of a pain. So how do you take the salesperson from like from your perspective, how do you take the salesperson from not knowing exactly what you know because their job is to sell it, right? How do you take them to that point? Like what are the what are the types of conversations you're having with them to try to make it I guess basically talk to them like they're two or make them understand it from that perspective? I mean, do you have to break it down that simple or do they already need to have some sort of baseline knowledge of where you're going with this? What I think people need to really realize is when you're talking to high-level business executives that are looking to buy solutions. In many cases, they are trying to solve a business and financial problem. Whatever they're looking to solve, if done correctly, will help them turn EBITDA, will help them move more product, whatever whatever goal they have. What you tend to see with people when they're product-based, which most salespeople tend to be, is they want to sell based on the technical aspect. And listen, the technical aspect has to happen. That stuff is valuable. It's important. 
They're more of check boxes. The problem when you lead down a technical way is then you can become commoditized. Then they can commoditize your offering and they can match you against a competitor and say, you've got these 10 boxes. They've got these 10 boxes. Theirs cost $50 cheaper. I'm going to go with them. That's a big problem. So when we're taking salespeople and sales teams, we really try to understand the actual value from a business and a financial outcome of what their offering can do for a customer. So I, I, I use these terms all the time. You're just having a conversation with these people. When you're talking to these high-level executives, go ahead, start talking about Sims and start talking about those things to them, and they're going to glaze over. They're going to start looking at their phone and be like, all right, I've got to answer these emails. Rather, if you try to understand what they're looking for from their destination and help illustrate that diagram or that picture in their head of current state, future state, these are the three to five things that you maybe see that are not going correctly. Great. We're going to solve for those. We're going to quantify these qualified problems that you have, and we're going to come back and together, mutually, which is extremely important, we're going to build out and show you what we're going to design and develop to help you get to where you're going. And oh, by the way, we're going to explain how buying A, B, and C helps you get to that destination that you told me you want to get to, right? So now we have mutually agreed upon expectations. The best thing about mutually agreed upon expectations is it's very hard for those to shift unilaterally. And so we now have made it almost impossible for the customer. And by the way, the customers can change their mind at any time, but we are consistently putting these in front of them and you're talking to them, not about the tech, but rather an understanding on the destination, right? You're not, you're not nitpicking with somebody about, Hey, you said you wanted this really nice vacation to do this. It's going to cost you $50 more. No, we get the salespeople focusing on the really great vacation that they want to do. And they're telling us everything that they're looking to accomplish. And we're going to facilitate that. And also, on top of it, we're going to quantify the true business impact and financial reward that the organization gets by accomplishing this digital transformation that they're trying to put in place. So when you're talking to a client, okay, so let's say, for example, now do you work with the clients uh, on the sales side too? So like if you yeah. help manage the sales, but do you actually help with the client acquisition? So when you're actually yeah. bringing in clients, you, you do that also, right? Yep. Yep. Got it. And, and, and what are, would you say are some of the maybe top three questions that you ask them to say, hey, like the, the indicators that are saying that they could be a good fit for your solution? So one of the most important things is to first understand where somebody's trying to accomplish. Like the reason they're looking to do whatever, add a CRM, bring in a new accounting system, buy some type of cybersecurity, their hope on accomplishing that is what? What will success look like? What will I be graded on, for lack of a better term? When you sit back 6, 12 months in the future, how will I know that we accomplished something? Because uh, you don't want those to be opinion-based. You want those to be fact-based. You want those to be something that you know that you can go and accomplish. Again, if your tool doesn't do ABC and ABC is the most important thing to them, you might be going down the wrong path and you might want to stop that early on because the cost of sale for the deals we don't get it's just as expensive as the cost of sales for the deals we do get. And that stuff, again, is extremely important to make sure that that is being talked about. So first and foremost, we want to understand what success looks like in that customer's eyes. Number two, we really want to understand, again, the current state of where they exist to this future vision that they're talking about. 
what are maybe the three largest pain points that exist? And, I, and I'll, I'll tell you because a lot of technology-based, it, it kind of flies under these three ones. And, and again, it's something that I've done a lot of writing on, a lot of speaking on, is the visibility, accountability, and control of the solution that's being put in place. Most pain points that exist can really come under those those three issues. Now, underneath those, there are specific business impact systems, symptoms that exist, and you need to know those too. So again, take a large cybersecurity group that we were working with. It's, a, it's an airline company. They were lacking visibility into their SIM, right? So that there, there was big needs for them to have SIM uh, visibility and really make sure that they're monitoring everything coming in completely makes sense. However, that is a pain. Now, underneath that, we needed to quantify the business impact that that pain was having on it. So you get three or four key things that not having that is causing this pain. Again, this starts to help to qualify what they're looking to do. And again, then the next thing, so you ask for three, the third most important thing and the part that I think is missed the most is the quantification part. People change because the cost of what they're doing is outweighed by the cost of what they could do, right? So if I'm currently not doing something inside my organization and the cost of change or the value that comes from me making this change is less than the cost of the solution, you don't change. But in most cases, when you're quantifying all these qualified pain points with the customer and you agree on what they are and you're going to agree with them on what you need to do, once you can get that quantification, it helps them sell that solution internally, not only to themselves, but maybe to the executive team that has to be part of that choice. And those things are missed consistently. And it's not simple to do, but it is something that, that you can be kind of talked through and trained on and just, just learn to have those type of business conversations. And what people love about when these conversations happen is they truly are discussions. They aren't let me show you my stats and my, my facts and figures. These are business conversations that these business executives want to have because they want to solve this problem. We need to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Andrew Kingery with the Whitestone Consulting Group. In the next 60 seconds, I want to inspire you to be more intentional and effective at creating value. I'm covering the 20 laws that govern value creation, two at a time. The law of indecision says if two strongly held beliefs are in conflict, people will not act. If you have a customer that did not accept your offer in spite of telling you that they were on board, you can be sure there is something else they also believe but are not telling you. The law of the chasm says that innovators and early adopters make decisions to buy very differently than the mainstream majority. You will create more value when working with mainstream people who are not early adopters by showing them what it's done for others like them instead of how it's new and exciting. I'm Andrew Kingery, and this is Two Laws of Value Creation in 60 Seconds. If you want to learn more, head over to valuepractitioner.com. Getting the right message to the right people can be hard and expensive, especially with Google AdWords and Facebook advertising. We can help you leverage LinkedIn with their best demographic data on the planet to laser focus people who are probably looking for you. We can help you or even do it all for you with a full range of profile and activity campaigns that bring results guaranteed. 
click on the LinkedIn expert button below or reach out to us at standingonshouldersmedia.us. One of the things I do a lot of sales training for people also myself, not at the digital transformation that you're talking about, but one of the things I always say to them, get out of presentation mode and get into conversation mode. I <laughs> said, get out of presentation mode and get into conversation mode. Because if you can't talk to someone and relay this information as if they're your best friend, your mother, your lover, your wife, whatever, <laughs> then you're going to have a hard time getting that message through. So that's what I do. What do you say to that? I'm, from my perspective, running sales organizations, how would you counsel me on that statement? So again, I, I think your statement is completely accurate. Where I say people, you know, have business conversations. I asked this one guy how he met his wife. Because you mentioned wife, and, and and he told me a great story. He's like, well, I met her at a bar. I said, all right, this is going to be perfect. I said, well, what was your line that you went up to her? And, and she was going to be a dentist. And he, and he knew that because they kind of had some mutual friends. And he's like, well, if I was going to be a tooth, I wanted to be this tooth. And I'm like, oh my god, that worked. Well, I said, well, she's marrying you, so yeah, clearly it worked. But I said. I said, how did that first conversation go? Was that first conversation, hey, my name's Joe, I'm a good-looking guy, I got a great job, I really think you should be with me, and, and if you stay with me and you take care of yourself, we're going to have this great future. He's like, absolutely not. I said, then why do you guys do that with your customers? I said, why do you tell them how great we are and we've got this great solution, it's the best thing in the world, and if you buy it, your life's going to be perfect. He said, well, how else would you do it? I said, great. Same way you probably did it with your wife. Hey, tell me a little bit about yourself. Why'd you decide to get into dentistry? What drew you to that? What things do you like? What things do you hope for? What do you hope the future looks like? Now you start having these type of conversations. The same thing when you tie into business conversations, it becomes very simple to sit down with a high-level business person who may not know the outcomes or the actual part of the solution, right? So take a seat, the CEO I was speaking with from a retail company. And he had this grand idea for what his logistics world was going to look like. And uh, the VP of uh, transportation was in there and the supply chain team was all in there. And I was looking at them and they were all rolling their eyes because they knew a lot of the stuff couldn't get done the way that he was trying to get it done. But at least I understood the outcome and the destination he wanted to get to. Everybody heard it. And now we could work on how to get there. So, again, we don't poo-poo what he's trying to do, but rather we, we put into actual ways to get it done. But it was a great business conversation to really understand what that person is trying to accomplish. And as you said, don't get up there and throw a presentation. At some point, maybe you have to. But more importantly, where do you sit today? Where do you want to see it go? And what are some of the areas that are missing here in the middle that are impacting your business? Now, many times you'll get symptoms, right? Uh, poor delivery time or, or lack of visibility or lack of um, uh, lack of, uh, you, you can get something like, uh, if you're, you're working with a SIM, uh, lack of codes being watched and, and a specific tool or whatever being watched that way. Great. That is not a reason to change. Although there is a business impact to that, that is a visibility issue. And there's probably 10 visibility issues that you can get underneath there. And when you take those visibility issues, that is how you start showing the value of the options and the solution that's being put in place. So I agree with you 100%. Have business conversations with people. Talk to them like they're your friend. Talk to them like um, <laughs> like we would like to be sold to because we all hate when somebody calls us up or somebody wants to sell us a new car or whatever it is. We hate being sold to. Make sure that when we're selling that we want to sell, we want to be sold to that way too. 
Right. It's really about sharing information and collaboration. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Education, maybe. One of the things that I've been interested in and haven't had a good perspective on is how digital transformation is affecting our sales processes. So we know that fulfillment was the, the first and heaviest hit with the post-Amazon effect. But as we look at digital transformation and what it really means around developing the relationships 360 degrees and having this much more granular touch with the marketplace, how is that impacting the sales force? The very first implementation that we did for a client-server approach when I made the transition from commercial into IT was the sales and marketing group was really just replacing the, the analog that was before that. And Salesforce came along shortly thereafter, so now I've just dated myself. But <laughs> that's not really the digital touch, right? So that's the vestiges and the CRMs of the world about how we used to do things. But have those enabled or can we really get to that granular level in a professional sales organization? It's interesting now because... I think everything goes in ebbs and flows. I always think that there's that there's a lot of consistency in what's been done in the past and what's being done currently and, and what could be done in the future based off what was also done in the past. You give people more tools to communicate with customers, sales organizations. They have the ability to get just about any bit of information that they want, whether they're using uh, DMB has recently purchased one source, which has great technology built in there, or, or a CRM system reminding you to follow up with this customer and do that. The problem is, is your customers, very rarely are they answering the calls. They may not even yeah. be answering their emails anymore. You can leverage some stuff from LinkedIn, or you can try to get to somebody through Twitter, but it's become this part where, where the digital transformation is leading and helping to information overload. Right. And so what do people do is they shut down. Saturation. They don't, they don't listen. Yeah, exactly. The market, everybody's screaming, hey, I can fix your problem. And I've sat there with leaders of companies going, see, I got all these calls today for this, all these emails coming in for this. Everybody <laughs> can fix my problem and none of them can tell me what it is. Right. So <laughs> this message has gone and got skewed. I think of Billy Bean in the movie Moneyball, where Brad Pitt says to the scout, we all know what problem we're trying to solve. Is that great? What's the problem we're trying to solve? And, and the, the scout couldn't answer the question because it sounds like everybody knows what you're trying to solve, mm-hmm. but nobody was asking the right questions. The part that I think you can leverage with digital transformation and having the correct tool as you're running a sales organization or as you're trying to do that is better targeting where you're going after. And I've sat down and worked with some great AI companies that are really trying to help digitalize sales process and help salespeople through artificial intelligence and tagging specific things that can help what your organization is trying to do or maybe the key targets for your specific organization. Now, that's something that can be smarter. I think just because you can market now anytime you want to a 1,000 or 100,000 customers at a time, and you can do it very easily, I would say go spend your focus on the 50 right ones and get as much data in to spark something that is relevant to what they're trying to solve. Whether that means you're at conferences and you're trying to run into them, whether that means you're leveraging your network and, hey, I was successful in helping out this person. We've done a lot around access, right? Everybody talks about sales process. They lack the ability to gain access into that organization. I've done a lot of training around how do you gain access, right? First, you align, then you gain access into those organizations. And that is a part, again, that 
if you have too many touch points, you're trying to touch too many spots, you cannot be specific if your solution is truly complex to make it make sense to the person you're trying to reach out to. Otherwise, it's just going to be way too generic. And Mm -hmm. to be honest, today alone, I've got to be well over 200 emails already in my inbox today. And it's 3.30. So it's, it's how do you align with the right ones? How do you access them? Then how do you clarify your message? How do you work together to collaborate it? How do you translate what you collaborated? And then how do you transfer it over? And so right. that's one of the sales processes that, that, that I've put in place. It's called two act. And it's cheesy. It's got two A's, two C's and two T's. <laughs> two act. But, but if you go put that in place, there really is this ability to manage through the whole process, understand where you're at. And by the way, share that with the customer. This is what we're going to do. Here is the roadmap on how we're going to help you get through this process. Here is what I need to help you accomplish the goal you are looking for. And by the way, at some point, if we can't come up with the right solution for you, this is where I'm going to tell you we're probably not a match. And I will give you somebody that might be able to understand it better or fix your problem better because I understood so much about your problem. And oh, by the way, this is probably going to help you understand your problem a little bit better, too. Right. I remember many times the best sales tool I used was to recommend a competitive product because I knew the, the, the customer knew I wasn't pushing them the wrong way. And um, that, you know, I was more focused on what they needed to solve. So who got the call the next time they had a question? The guy that they knew would steer them the right way. Yeah, it sounds like correct. It sounds like this really has driven strategic account management from, you know, a relatively select set of our uh, sales professionals and maybe made that more necessary across the board. Is, is that a, a valid uh, hypothesis? Yeah, so so. I think when you look at some of the more transactional selling, companies are trying to go more digitally to do that. Whether okay. they're simple lease renewals for mailing equipment, you know, the Pitney Bowes of the world, something like that. Like they have a division that's just mail machines and, and folders and servers. And that can be done by inside selling reps, which is what they're using, or um you know, entry type level selling or reps and they be, they've, they've, they've come to figure out how to squeeze the margin out of that, make it more profitable to do it that way because it's super transactional. Hey, how much mail are you doing? Uh, what's the volume? Do you need an auto feed? Here you go. Uh, here's your lease renewal. You know, so that part's been there. Now when you talk about the SAM or the strategic account management organization, this is where companies need to start becoming hyper focused and get out of commodities. What I see with sales organizations and sales reps is they allow themselves to be commoditized because they're used to selling like a commodity. These strategic ones, you have to be able to get more of the share of the wallet from a select, a uh, more select group of accounts. And that's where the skill set has to be used and has to be leveraged. And in a lot of cases, people look to a tool, oh, we're going to put this tool in place and we're going to, we're going to be more successful. And again, they look at the technology. They say, you have cell phones, you should be able to do this better. You got emails, you can stay in contact. They haven't fixed the people in the process. If I ask a lot of organizations about forecasting, and I could take six reps and three business leaders inside of an organization, and they'll all tell me different things about how they forecast. If you can't clearly define how you want forecasting and there's a mutually language that's being used throughout your organization, you probably have poor forecasting. And I would mm-hmm. take that into any business leader that wants to have a discussion about that and how to improve that because that is a fact. You have to get the process right. You have to get the people using the language. You have to clearly define what your expectations are as a sales organization. And the answer just isn't. It's in our comp plan. 
No, your comp plan is going to drive the reaction that's going to breed the most money out of a comp plan. That may not deliver what you're actually trying to accomplish in your sales organization. Our job, and you've done consulting for sales organizations and you do sales, is to, to, to really kind of mutually align current state, future state, and how we're going to get there. I, I say this all the time. Companies are really good at what and when. They suck at why and how. And why and how is leadership. What and when is management. Here's what right. we need. We need you to do uh, $2 million to wrap, and we need it by the end of the year, right? It's a, it's, it's a, it's a budget. It's a, it's a budget. It's, it's that type of setup. The why and how is the visionary, is the leadership, is what is more complex. And when you do that well, when you can explain how we're going to hit that number and why we came up with it and what role you're playing and, and, and why we chose this, now you can, one, you get your sales team behind you. They understand their why a little bit better, and they can also understand and explain it better to their customers. So exactly. those are some, 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 some things like, I just I just see some <laughs> constant misses there. Absolutely. And I, I think that's why Simon Sinek has mm-hmm. such resonance in, in today's sure. marketplace. And in, in uh, the Digital Transformation Workbook, uh, the very first one is developing our golden circle so that everybody understands what that sure. vision is and where we're going. Well, this has been fabulous. I could obviously continue on like this for quite some time, but uh, the reality is we both have things to do and places to go. Do you want folks to be able to reach out and contact you? They absolutely can. There is a website. It's uh, it's www.esm, the number four, and the letter u.com, and that's Enterprise Sales Management. I'd love to hear with you. I'd love to hear from people. I mean, a, a lot of the things that I enjoy doing and I have the freedom and flexibility, luckily, to do is to talk to companies that are looking at either, hey, we're trying to understand how we can go get the correct offering for us from a digital transformation perspective, or what I do probably the most work on is helping sales organizations that are saying, hey, we've got the greatest tool in the world, but nobody's buying it or we want to improve our sales process and improve our people. And I just love talking about it. I mean, you know, hey, they may not be looking to add a consultant or bring somebody on to help them grow their sales organization, but they have ideas or thoughts and things they want to bounce off. I spend so much time, and I mentioned I'm going to be at a conference next week. I can tell you 80% of my time will be set uh, with business leaders as they're bouncing ideas off and Hey, we're running into this trouble with our team or, or, you know, uh, we can't figure out how, how come our, our, our EBIT is eroding here. What can we do? And I just enjoy those conversations. So, you know, absolutely. I can, uh, you know, I can even send you a thing with my personal email. I have no problem taking these, uh, email questions and, and have calls and, and just discuss it with people because, uh, it needs to get better. And, uh, yeah. I just love helping people with it. Awesome. So, I mean, are you available as a consultant to folks? I, I, I'm not sure yeah, what the best I, way is for us to couch this for folks. Yeah, uh, I absolutely do consulting. Um, I've, I've done it for, for quite a while. I've done in a large, large range of companies dealing with technology organizations, cybersecurity, logistical organizations, even some very complex uh, commercial product type solutions. Um, it's really when, when a company is sitting there saying, we just aren't, we're missing something. We believe we have the right people. We believe uh, we have a good product. We have a competitive offering, but we're not reaching our goal. I just, I just love talking about it. And again, in the in the website uh, for enterprise sales management, uh, it really does talk a lot about hey, here's areas that we see benefits. Here's areas that we've helped people from, and it can be everything from management training just to get their managers a little better on one on ones to how to actually run a QBR with a customer. 
everybody talks about wanting to be a, a preferred or strategic partner with them, and, and they don't even mm-hmm. know what that means. There's four different groups that you call, fall under, and anytime anybody's challenging me about that, we just pull it out. We're just like, hey, where do you fall on this? Oh, we're, we're up here. Great. Here's 10 questions for you. How many of those does that actually happen? Uh, well, we got two of them. Great. So you're not there. So that's a great goal for us to get to. <laughs> let's work together on how to get there, and let's lay out a real plan on to do it. Because and we know that you have aspirations of of going there and being there. Yes, but let's. But and it's great to be aligned. But here's what it's going to take to get there. Now it right. may be something that your people do. It may be something with your process, uh, or it could be a great technology that can help you get there. But let's make sure we fill in those gaps. So absolutely, consulting and just just working with companies and businesses that want to get better and want to grow. Uh, it's something I'm passionate about. I spend a lot of time speaking at universities, and I'm actually going to be going back to my alma mater here and talking to the, a bunch of college kids about uh, sales because awesome. it's just something something that I enjoy doing. Right. Super. Nice. Nice. Very nice. Standing on Shoulders, a leader's guide to digital transformation, written by Jack Marr and Carmen Diardo. On behalf of everyone who tries to improve the business outcomes of the technology work we do every day, I applaud the efforts taken and the writing of this book so others can replicate their amazing outcomes. This book fulfills the promise of documenting their journeys and lessons learned and showing how the promise of creating world-class technology organizations can be within the reach of everyone. Gene Kim. Get your copy of Standing on Shoulders, A Leader's Guide to Digital Transformation at Amazon.com or at Barnes & Noble or at your favorite bookseller. So that was pretty interesting, wasn't it, Jay? The, uh, yeah. Not as much on the security as I was expecting, but I really love how practical and nuts and bolts down to earth it is. Yeah, Nick's super easy to understand, too. You know, he doesn't talk over your head, and he really does break this down nicely, which I, I appreciated that from my perspective. Yeah, I love seeing it from perspectives. But what uh, it happened in the selling of digital transformation and then how we can do a better job of that, and lastly, the impacts of digital transformation on selling. Um, I think this is going to be one of my all-time favorite shows. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So listen, to everybody, um, I think you guys are going to love this because, you know, I hope you do because we most certainly did on this end, and we'll see you next time.